every time I walk into like the main area of the house right now, Sam keeps just being like, don't, <laughs> don't look. It's a sex scene. <laughs> don't judge me. In Bridgerton. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, one of your hosts, and I have a randomly generated fantasy name for today. (laughs) I just love every name that comes out of this generator. (laughs) They're all good. So my name today is Mike Gator Laserface. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> laser, laser face, face. Laser face. <laughs> you're fucking one of those what is it purple cobras from dodgeball do you guys see uh, that movie what i have no idea what you're talking I, about i know you all those never words. seen dodgeball <laughs> it, that one's a I Will feel like I have. movie isn't it i don't like no it's a ben stiller and vince vaughn movie oh, oh well that's better <laughs> oh my god anyways there's a bunch of characters named laser laser blast and like all these oh laser names yeah that would be me yeah laser face. I'm it laser feels face. like the last name feels like a roller derby you know that would be my oh roller yeah derby name yeah mike gator laser face mike gator laser face i was thinking it's very monster factory oh yeah mm-hmm. great point all good suggestions yeah all reasonable to be <laughs> fantastic character glad yeah, you're here all around fantastic <laughs> what about you guys oh my god i can't believe you both haven't seen dodgeball but anyways <laughs> my name is sam the only one who's seen dodgeball but my fantasy <laughs> name is benda space bike wow Sorry. <laughs> walk me through that one, one more time. <laughs> there's a lot of bees yeah. benda space bike space, space bike Bike, bike or space spike? Spike. Space spike. Oh, that's a hard one. It's a tongue twister. That's that also from Dodgeball. Struggle with specifically. <laughs> space spike. <laughs> Man, imagine if she somehow got Rorin as her first name and her name was Rorin Space Spike. I would just never be able to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you'd be able to talk to her, but you'd never be able to tell anyone else about her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my friend. Anyway. So, that feels that like one. the space bike feels like something from a sci-fi novel. For like, sure. Oh, yeah. I have to go to, to the, the space, space bike. bike. Yep. Yeah. Like a Death Star, you know? <laughs> but a spike. Just very, a spike. very subtle. <laughs> Listen, I have to make my Star Wars references where I can because you guys know way more about them <laughs> than me. True. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah. No lies here. All right. Nope. Anyway, who are you, number one Star Wars fan? Oh, that's me. My name is Juntifer Plant Planter. <laughs> <laughs> what? And what, what's your fantasy name? Hannah. Okay. <laughs> plant Planter? Plant Planter. Are you sure you didn't handpick that? Sorry, the first name? I missed it. I got distracted. <laughs> Jentifer? Jentifer. 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 Jud. Like Jud and Christopher. Jentifer. Also sounds like Jentifer. a monster factory. It does. Well, I think it's because of their uh I recently watched their 
wrestling one where yeah, the introduction of their character was <laughs> Christopher, 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 Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't help that Hannah and I both have been rewatching Monster Factory. No. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I have no idea what Monster Factory is. I don't think you'd like it. <laughs> that's that's fair. I'll that's watch Dodgeball. Stupid. You watch Monster Factory. Yeah, it's too Very chaotic. different kinds of humor. <laughs> Sam doesn't need any more chaos in her life. Yeah. No. She's doing fine on her own. <laughs> Great. That's all of our names, I guess. Judd Tiffer. <laughs> that's me (laughs) anyway let's talk about the two chapters we read that were from the book aragon that we're reading currently (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah if you guys want to tell us what we read this week (laughs) i guess so so i have the honor of summarizing chapter 35 the razak's revenge and well this wasn't a very happy chapter our companions are captured by the Razak, and poor Safira has her wings bound and snout muzzled, and it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the Razak go on a small bit of a villainous rant, or just mere talkings and saying a lot of things that they have to keep Aragon alive for reasons, but then trying to also plot how they could kill him. I don't know, mm-hmm. it was a lot of chaos. Then out of nowhere, someone starts to shoot some arrows at the Rizak and chaos ensues. And the chapter ends with Brom taking a dagger and we are unsure as to whether or not he is alive. Uh-oh. I mean, you forgot what happened at the very end of the chapter. Oh my god, what? Did he black out? He sure did. <laughs> oh, right, I forgot to include that. Actually, you know what? So I don't... I didn't remember that because I remember finishing this chapter and I was like, oh my god, we finally, like, something dramatic. So I think I completely blocked out that he passed out. (laughs) (laughs) The dramatic thing was that he blacked out. Yeah, true. (laughs) That increased the drama. Yeah. Well, in chapter 37, apparently. 36? Yeah. 36? (laughs) In chapter 36, (laughs) called Murtag. Aragon wakes up with a bunch of body aches and sees a stranger sitting across from a fire. This guy is bristling with weapons and apparently brimming in self-confidence, but not so much confidence that he's willing to try to talk Safira down from squatting atop Aragon like an angry protective gargoyle. <laughs> the stranger reveals that his name is Murtag, and he has also been tracking the Razak. Murtag helps check on Aragon's wounds and reveals that he has also treated Brahm's chest wound as best as he can, which is unfortunately not that much. Aragon and Safira then collab on some healing magic to close Brahm's deep stab wound, but they're not experienced enough to heal the internal injuries, so it's up to him now. Then they all four continue their escape from the Razak, with Safira carrying Brahm on a litter that Murtag makes, and Aragon riding a horse without a problem despite all of his broken ribs, they make camp in a cool sandstone cave. Abram is in pretty rough shape, and the other three go to sleep. Yeah, just a classic end to a chapter. Classic, classic Aragon chapter. I do have a question. Do yes. you have the pronunciation guide? Because I feel like I sure do. Murta. I think that's how it's pronounced. I f- in the I- Irish way. I thought it was Murtog. I've been pronouncing it as Murtag for 15 years, so if it yeah. is not, I'm going to have a really difficult time adjusting. Let me That's double okay. check. That's okay. 
I'm totally fine to call him Murtag. I just it sure is Murtag. I just double checked. <laughs> okay, great. Because I know that I know the Irish pronunciation is Murta. So I just wanted to be sure. Great. Perfect. Yeah, but this isn't Irish. This is this is some <laughs> Allegasia. This is ancient language, some unnamed goofy <laughs> fantasy language. Allegation. Allegation. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anyway, these two chapters were not long. There no, they're is both not very short. a lot of content in these chapters. No. But I'm sure we'll find enough to talk about <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, the first thing, you can tell there wasn't a lot in these chapters because the first thing, first note I have is, oh, the Razak wear regular boots. <laughs> <laughs> I did make a note of that as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it's so weird, but it is. Yeah. Well, because like I was picturing them like the the whatever the crow race is in D and D. Yeah, the Kenku. Yeah. Yeah. With talons. They're supposed to be bird like, and so I was mm-hmm. like, what the? They have regular boots. <laughs> yeah. But also, like at the beginning of this chapter, Aragon's high as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is taking some serious drugs. So yeah. maybe he's like, oh, regular boots, but they're actually like size eighteen. <laughs> Like they're just gigantic <laughs> mm-hmm. to fit talons. I don't know. Maybe they like curled up their talons and are walking on their knuckles. Oh, like they're some kind oh. of bird, ape, human hybrid. Maybe they have like cassowary feet or like emu oh. that are more yeah. like abbreviated. More like oh, feet maybe. shaped. <laughs> yeah, more like feet shaped. You know feet shapes? You know feet shapes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Those shapes that feet are. Feet and footums. Feet and foots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Razak have given Brahm and Aragon, I don't think Saphir, some like magic blocking drugs, which yeah. is very convenient for them. But it struck me as kind of odd that the way the drug seems to work is that it blocks Aragon from remembering words in the ancient language, not from him like actually doing magic. Yeah. Like, it seems like it should block whatever energy the magic is, rather than just being like, eh, you can't remember words. Well, it almost seems like it's affecting his, like, short-term memory. Mm. Because, like, when he first wakes up, he's like, nah, like, he's super loopy. And I mean, then he, he did get a head injury. Yeah, but he also just, like, doesn't, it might just continue to be the head injury. But he's not really functional for the no. rest of the chapter. Not yeah, at all. No. I don't know, it's probably just meant to be, like, morphine or something that makes it hard to, like, focus. Mm. But they don't mention it. I mean, that's much more Occam's razor than my interpretation. (laughs) Oh, yeah, fair. It's like, wow, the specific drug that makes people forget words in a specific language? Like, what would happen if you gave it to an elf when they speak that language? Like, they wouldn't be able to talk at all? I was going to all sorts of places. Oh, that's (laughs) the way you were going. Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah, see, I was thinking it was more just, like, all of the other things he was experiencing in the chapter were also side effects of the drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. Because, like, Brahm is unconscious, and when he starts to wake up, they're like, it's wearing off. Mm. There's, like, this insomnia drug that totally messes with your short-term memory. And, like, I only know about this because of the McElroys. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> because they joke about it because their dad takes it on their podcast so i looked it up and it's like yeah if you don't sleep your full eight hours after taking ambien which is zolpidem oh. the actual drug the active ingredient or whatever uh-huh. you like 
have completely unhinged short-term memory <laughs> and like you wow. cannot drive you cannot you oh, cannot god. really function oh my god so Alarming. like it could be something like that yeah the class of drug is called a sedative hypnotic oh so, my god yeah that sounds awful which yeah. sounds intense yeah but uh i mean would fit the purpose <laughs> yeah yeah Maybe they just gave him Benadryl. The one time I took Benadryl, I was tripping. <laughs> oh, yeah. Benadryl is the absolute worst. I thought I had taken it before. And then I took some and I was like, oh, <laughs> I haven't oh. taken this before. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I have only taken it once also. And I don't <laughs> think Benadryl actually does anything to like help your symptoms. I think it just knocks you out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Aragon's high on Ambien, and then <laughs> the Razak, it's implied that they threatened Aragon, it's not implied, they say that they threatened Aragon to make Saphira cooperate, mm-hmm. and that she, like, has her wings chained, and then her legs shackled, which is just, like, very funny to me, because, like, you don't often, I don't know, like, winged creatures aren't yeah. usually, like, chained. <laughs> to stop them from using their wings i just was imagining instead safira wrapped up like when <laughs> i thought she was wrapped up in the chains but like have you ever seen those pictures of like an owl wrapped up so it can oh, get yeah. laid by like <laughs> yeah it's just like wrapped up in like a little fuzzy blanket like a burrito <laughs> and all you can see is it's like smooshed face and it's little legs and i was just like oh man they should have done that to <laughs> just wrap that would have been fun I thought it was funny that they shackled her legs. It was like to what? Like to themselves? <laughs> to it's not other. like she walks fast. Yeah. <laughs> I guess to keep her from like clawing at them. Maybe. But she could Maybe. probably still do that if she like jumped or something. But if like know. her front ones were attached to her back ones, maybe? All together like a bowling pin? Yeah. Like a Maybe. pin. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. I was hoping I, we would just gloss over that. I agreed to that quickly, and then, no, wait. Hold on. You know. You know. When you put all of your limbs together, and you're like a bowling pin. <laughs> oh my. Wait. I'm assuming you I'm mean not on Benadryl like... right now, but. <laughs> I'm assuming you mean those, like, drop-down machines that put all the pins in place? Is that what No. <laughs> no? Okay. No. All right, <laughs> we'll I just think... move on. Yeah. I think I was thinking like a claw machine, like how all four of the, the joints like come together. And for some reason, my brain was like a claw machine picks up things <laughs> like a bowling pin, even that though is... they don't. <laughs> that is so wild to me because both the number that a claw machine and a bowling ball both associate with me are three. And so yeah. I'm like, why would Severa... <laughs> You know, all three of her legs. All three of her legs. Oh, no. She, no, she's like those... Um. Oh, wait, those had, still had four. I was going to say she's like the weird wheel animals in the Golden Compass series, but they have four legs. Never mind. Anyway, we're anyway, doing Sophia's great today. tied up like a bowling pin. Yeah. And <laughs> they also put a muzzle on her. Something that people sort of assume is that, like, birds' wings or, like, animals with wings, they're just uniformly strong but like wings are actually like a lot weaker going out than Mm. coming back in so like it also just makes sense to kind of like strap wings close to a body Mm. i obviously don't know how dragon muscles work but in birds the like 
upswing muscle is only a fifth the size of the downswing muscle. Oh. So, like, yeah, they really can't, they can hit you a lot harder on the downswing (laughs) than on the upswing. I feel like that would make sense. Like, presumably, Safira has to generate a ton of lift because she is humongous, heavy, and not at all aerodynamic. Yeah. So, like, the down would be way more intense. (laughs) Yeah. That's sort of like when you see people working with, like, giant crocodilians and they just, like, tape their mouth shut with, like, a single strip of duct tape and they're like, well... That's yeah. that. <laughs> they don't have a lot of opening power, but they have no. a lot of closing power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The muscle, I don't know. This is just a fun fact because I think it's a fun fact. So I'm going to share it because you have to listen to me. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the like muscle for pulling up doesn't just like, cause sort of like in our arms, right? The muscles that pull in into your body obviously go from the front of your arm to the front of your chest. And the ones who go back, go from the back of your arm onto like your shoulder blades uh-huh. but in birds the back one actually like goes over the shoulder and then down to the front of the chest as well because that's oh. where their like strongest bones are so like oh, the muscle yeah. is pulling in the chest regardless of which way the wing is going oh that's interesting fun. <laughs> that is a fun fact that's why like the you know breast meat on a bird is the <laughs> so powerful it's so tasty. <laughs> That's the, the word I always use to describe chicken breast. <laughs> yeah. When you're eating a chicken and you're like, I will have the powerful meat. This is Thank a powerful you. breast. <laughs> anyway, bird facts with Sophie. Bird facts with Sophie. Better than parasite facts with Sophie. I mean, I could find some. No, so no, the Razaks start it. going through Aragon's bag. Shut up about the parasites. I and the, the and they find Aragon's super cool sword Zarak and they're like ooh look at this special sword Uh and they're all like gloating about it until they flip it over and see the symbol and then they like drop it and freak out and that's interesting yeah I didn't know what to make of that what's the symbol on Zarak do we know I think it was something that was incomprehensible to Aragon and Brahm was like I don't know it meant something to the guy who made it probably oh yeah so it's probably like somebody's logo Uh, somebody's logo (laughs) yeah it's my brand (laughs) yeah it's it's the the logo of whichever writer made the sword it was probably it was probably in hexagon shape and they were just like (laughs) nft (laughs) (laughs) no that's why they dropped it they don't like crypto (laughs) (laughs) ah the bored apes Uh anyway. anyway, I don't have much else to say about that other than that's fine. Noting yeah. that that will probably come up at some point again, and that... it will be good that we've mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, that does seem important. Yeah, I have a question about these Razak. Sure, uh-huh. is there a reason that they have the s- like? Are they snakes now? Because Solid I thought voices. they were birds. Yeah, they hissed a lot before. Do birds hiss, Sophie? This is my question. Yes. Oh, it's do like, they? They totally do, don't they? <laughs> I mean, not all of... I don't know that, like... Like, if we're thinking of them as, like, crow-like, then probably not. But, like, other birds do. Is it, like, a common thing? Because, like, I just... When you have, like, the extended S sound, your brain automatically goes to a snake. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but my brain goes snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I feel like that's kind of common. So it just seems like a weird choice to have a bird-like character be like, about everything. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think like, I think it's because like birds, when they hiss, it's like a back of the throat, like a, yeah. like a cat yeah. kind of thing. And so like, you can't just put like H H H H H H H H G H H H G H on Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the S works better. Okay, but also like it does it's so inconsistent. Like yeah. two examples of sentences that the Razak say are let's just kill him and a good plan, but remember the king's instructions were to keep them alive. It's like they're <laughs> There's a there's, lot of S's. There's a couple of extra S's that you forgot to hiss on, my dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is it only some S's that are getting the uh, the hiss? Like, I just... Yeah. I don't understand the stylistic choice. I was trying to figure it out. I was like, maybe it's only when the S is at the end of the word, but then they hiss on a say. Several of the early ones, I'm really aware of my S sounds right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. The worst sound you make into a microphone also <laughs> for people to oh, hear. Oh, wait till we meet the dwarves and we have to start gargling our R's. Oh no. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Hannah's going to be really good at that. Yeah, oh, I'm <laughs> dreading it. <laughs> but yeah, like some of them, some of the earlier hisses mm-hmm. were very focused on like contractions. Like there was it's and let's and I was like, oh, maybe it's contractions, but then there's kings. It's not kings. Right. And yes, they always. Yes. 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 It's so strange. And this one. Listen, we're just going to get this over with super fast in the Mercedes Lackey series. <laughs> you almost said Tamar Pierce. <laughs> I almost said Tamar Pierce because I'm currently reading Tamar Pierce. Ah. Well, we'll get to that at the end. Um, no, it, there's a Mercedes Lackey series that is about the main characters are all griffins. Oh, yes. And the same thing, they, like, kind of hiss on their sibilance. Like, every single one oh, is oh. written out with, like, three S's. And you get used to it really fast reading. And it's almost like because it's so consistent, you don't notice it after, like, the first <laughs> four sentences. <laughs> it's almost like because they don't do it very often, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Like, that it's just on the yeses. Mm-hmm. I have, like, no notes to follow up on this, but when Saphira's mad, smoke comes out of yes. her nostrils. Do dragons breathe fire in this book? I was wondering, like, did she start a fire before? I couldn't remember if she, like, lit a fire when they were in the spine or something at one point. I didn't think so. I don't think no. she's done any, like, magic or anything yet. Weren't we, like, saying why she would be able to keep him warm and something? Or wasn't it because she had, like, fire in her? I might be oh, making maybe. stuff up. I was saying that, but I think I made that up, so. Uh. <laughs> mm. It's, like, ringing a bell to, like, the scene where he, like, scrapes up his legs terribly. And she, like, curls him in her wing. I seem yeah. to remember us, like talking about something there, but I don't think we've actually proved that she breathes fire. Like, we don't know that yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just like assume because they're dragons and this was written by a 15 year old that they're going to breathe fire. And like, this is kind of a strong hint in that direction. I am still very aware of my S's. This is the worst experience. (laughs) Oh my God. But it was driving me absolutely nuts because I was like, are these now snakes? I don't know. Yeah, no. I had a lot of feelings about it. Snake birds. Snake birds? Uh huh. Like vultures or whatever. No. Wow. That's nothing. I was like so out of it when I read these that at the first when I read it, I was like, man, if can like birds even speak? And then I was like, <laughs> can parrots, you dumb sh-. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then I watched a very lovely YouTube video on how birds can vocalize. And then oh. apparently there was a bird recorded in the wild that mimicked a camera sound perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. A liar bird. Anyways, I didn't mean to bring it back to that, but I, love I did. That you're reading a fucking fantasy book with <laughs> yeah. dragons, and you're just like, "Can birds even talk?" <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this is where my brain was at when I read this, and I quickly told myself off for it. <laughs> well, birds no, can't talk, so this can't be real. <laughs> <laughs> everything else up to this point was questionable <laughs> my exact note says if birds could talk and speak english would they lisp their s's <laughs> mm. that's such a good question that's such a good question yeah Only science could answer it yeah. mm-hmm. um <laughs> anyways back to the smoke i sort of like the idea that like the fire is like magic yeah yeah you know that she like makes a fire come out of her mouth magic spell. yeah but uh-huh. you know we'll see maybe it's a biology thing and we can yell about it oh man <laughs> oh man that'll be fun Anna has some ideas i i do <laughs> <laughs> i i do i do should we talk about the razak's like villainous dialoguing yeah it's yeah. Not quite a monologue but it is a dialogue one of the things i mean one of the more minor things is they do confirm that they're working for the king yeah they say the king's instructions were to keep them alive which i've just realized in my notes i uh i tried to write that we confirmed that but i misspelled the king's name as galbatois it's a no, there are so many of them. So, how many big kings are there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, French numbers. Bonkers. French numbers, am I right? Uh. Why 420's 10? Why? Why? Because they're real high. Um... <laughs> So there are at least three big kings, according to my notes. Yeah. But there are only two Razak, and they claim that they are far too valuable for the king to let Aragorn kill them when Aragorn is working for the king, or in the king's service. And then they say, but you are disposable to Aragorn, the only dragon rider in over a century who they have chased all over the continent. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I don't think he is. Also, they're, like, so weirdly, like, mean to Aragon. Yeah. Where, like, very clearly the king wants him alive to, like, turn yeah. him to his side. Like, shouldn't they be trying to, like, tempt him with, like, yeah. 
I don't know how to tempt Aragon, but <laughs> they should have tried to like convince him that like his true place was with the king. Like he'll have all of the power that he would ever want, or that yeah. like Brom is actually evil and he's been like working for the wrong side or whatever. Yeah, or even just being like, "Oh, Brom lives if you come quietly." You know, like yeah. like yeah. even just, like trying to be like, "Here's a benefit." <laughs> they threatened to kill Aragon to get Saphir to cooperate. Why didn't they just like turn that around and be like, yeah. "If either of you try to escape or fight us, we'll kill the other one and make you live with it." Like, yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, none of that is um like That's bribery, not very, but <laughs> Yeah, that's not very like tempting <laughs> yeah uh, tempting in but the negative way yeah and then they're just like well you know the king told us to do very specific things but let's murder Brom. <laughs> yep <laughs> he told us not to but we we could lie to the king surely <laughs> that's, that's a bad idea <laughs> also aragon won't tell the king even though the king is probably going to like pry all the information aragon has about everything out of him <laughs> yep also like what reason would Aragon have not to tell the king? Yeah. It's like, what are they going to do? Kill Brahm again? Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, he would not dare. And it's like, I think he probably would. I think he would dare. dare. Yeah. If it meant that the Razak would get killed. Yeah. yeah. Like, his whole goal in life is to kill the Razak. Yeah. If I were him and got dragged in front of the king, the first thing I would do would be like, they willingly killed Brahm even though you told them not to. Like, they betrayed you. Yeah, that's the first thing I would go for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Fools. Fools. (laughs) And I mean, for like all our joking, I mean, Brom didn't have to die. No. (laughs) He doesn't have to. It's okay if he doesn't. (laughs) I I don't have good feelings about it. Yeah. No. When Murtag shows up and starts shooting arrows at their Zack. One guy with some arrows apparently is enough to scare the Razak away. Yeah. And they start running away, but before they go, one of them kicks Aragon and breaks his ribs, and the other one hucks a knife at him, and Brahm, quote, with a strange light suddenly burning in his eyes, throws himself in front of Aragon and takes the knife. Yeah. Right in the chest. <laughs> Which is like kinda wild again, yeah. because like the Razak explicitly are not supposed to kill Aragon. Yeah. yeah. Like, but they're like, throw a knife at him as we go. Yeah. I'm just baffled that they run away. Yeah. Like, I'm also baffled how they managed to capture Aragon and Brom and Saphira in the first yeah. place. Yeah. I wrote that, like, it's a good thing that Aragon was unconscious when that happened because I have absolutely no idea how, how it, happened? it would yeah. play out. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. good for Paulini that we don't get to try to dissect that. But they like <laughs> take down a dragon, a dragon rider, and some mysterious old guy who's really good with a sword and knows magic. And yeah. then one person shows up with some arrows and they run away. Were yeah. they magic arrows? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Yeah. I don't know then. It's a lot of arrows too. Like I don't yeah. know how Murtag is shooting these many ar- this many arrows. He's really good at arching. He's like so Legolas. He's the Legolas. We found him. We found him. I feel like he's a combination of of Legolas and Aragorn. One. Aragorn. Boromir. He can't be Aragorn. We already have an Aragorn. Oh, Boromir. Oh, yeah. oh maybe Boromir. I think he's Legolas. We'll find yeah. out. 
Yeah. We'll find out. He we'll could be find out fellowship. in his chapter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a good segue into Thanks. the next chapter. Into the next is, chapter. Which is how we always do it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yep. Segue into the next chapter to talk just about it and not nice just and smooth. Yeah. Not just chaotically jump all over the place. So this is our introduction of Murtag, who I don't know if you guys have guessed. He's kind of an important character in this saga. So I'm pretty psyched that he showed up. Yeah. The very important sad boy. <laughs> yeah. He's the third character. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, sad boy. Sad boy. I've been, like reading a lot of books in the past week, and I forgot <laughs> everything that had happened in Aragon up to this point while I was reading these chapters. And as I started reading this chapter where it describes Murtag in detail, I was like, oh, this is the love interest. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> I oh mean, it could be. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm not. This isn't the first chapter of a new book. <laughs> We're in the middle of Aragon. <laughs> We're halfway through Aragon. Yeah. I am sure there is some Murtag Aragon fanfiction out there. I don't want to think about it because it's well, illegal. You are now. <laughs> it's. Oh. Yeah, see, Hannah knows. Sam doesn't know what she said. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten. Oh no. <laughs> They're related, aren't they? <laughs> Are they brothers? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we <laughs> oh no. Talk about I how, move on. How Murtag's voice. You we know get... the brothers thing would not stop. <laughs> That's what That's I was going to say. I was like, I was you in know. supernatural fandom for a time. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Anyway. We know there's a very popular series out there based off Ron and Ginny fanfiction. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Which one was that? The City oh, of Bones. Cassandra Clare. Cassandra Clare. <sighs> <sighs> You're welcome. Anyways, I didn't know they were related. They're probably not. We don't They're know probably yet. Probably not. I don't know anything no. yet. Anyway, we mm-hmm. get this like description of Murtag, and he's just like a tatty looking guy with a bunch of weapons. But and then it, when he. Face. And a sad face. <laughs> Sad boy. When Aragon asks who he is, he only says his name, which first of all is like a wild way to introduce yourself when you've just shown yeah. up out of the blue. But also his voice is described as low and controlled, but curiously emotional. Yeah, yeah. what? be emotional and controlled? What is that? I have yeah. no concept of what that could be. <laughs> How can you be emotional and controlled? <laughs> See, it's, it, he's just I'm like, so sorry, Murtag. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like that the wavery. Great. Like, is Murtag about to cry? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Probably. He's a sad boy at any given uh, time. Or he's like a brooding voice. Maybe he's a, he's brooding. <laughs> yeah, you know how voices can brood? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, this is gonna be your proud horses thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I just like I read that sentence twice, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah, what this means? What does that mean? There's some stuff that I was noticing throughout the chapters, taken realistically as like a goofy thing to say, but really like, like evocative out from behind houses. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I uh, specifically caught on was one of the Razaks drops to the ground and then scuttles and all I could picture was General Grievous when he like <laughs> skitters around on all fours. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of like I can't imagine this Razak was actually scuttling if he's wearing boots. But it like is evocative of what kind of movement and what kind of scene is being set here. Yeah. And like I can understand what the intention was. I do not understand what the intention is 
with a controlled but curiously emotional voice. Like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mystery, honestly. Just like Murtag. Just like Murtag. So mysterious. My confusion with Murtag was that he's carrying a long hand and a half sword. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, the f*** is a hand and a half sword? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I thought it was literally like Aragon was describing how long the sword was. And I was like, a hand and a half is not long. It's pretty short. How is it long? (laughs) But a hand and a half sword is another name for a long sword. Uh, So what this says is a long, long sword. (laughs) (laughs) I also looked it up. Are we about to make the same joke? Maybe you go first. I was going to say the other name for a longsword is a bastard sword. <laughs> ah. Oh. That's yeah. interesting, but not the joke that I was going to make. Okay, great. Go. The, the, well, what I was going to point out is the page I looked at to like figure out what a hand and a half sword was. It says, it is not technically intended to be used with one and a half hands. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, I guess hand and a half means that you can either use it one-handed or two-handed. Yeah, so it's longer than a short sword and shorter than a long sword. It's a medium sword. Oh, the page I looked at said it's a long sword. The one I'm looking at says it's about 10 inches shorter than a typical long sword. Interesting. Either way, Murtag has a big versatile sword. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that could be long or long-ish. It could be long or it could be medium-sized. You know, sized. we'll just do everyone a favor and just call it a bastard sword. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this bastard sword. Uh, what else is there to say about Murtag? <laughs> what else is there to say? He shows up because he was also tracking the Razak. Or mm-hmm. at least that's what he says. And then he like really goes out of his way to help Aragon and Brom, which is very nice of him. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I this is too funny to me. Do it. <laughs> But there's a line near the end of the chapter after they've like, you know, Murtig has helped Aragon and Brown with their wounds and like made them supper and stuff like that. And then he says he's going to come with Aragon and Brown and Saphira as they continue on in their travels because interesting things happen around a rider. And quote, Aragon was unsure if he should accept help from a complete stranger. And I was like, yeah, it's not like he already chased off your captors, freed your dragon, treated two <laughs> wounded and unconscious men, made you soup, and built a litter for Braum already. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. But I, I think don't know if, if you, he can be trusted. I think if you wanted to not accept help from him, that ship has sailed, my dude. Like, <laughs> he's already helped you so much. Wasn't Braum basically a stranger? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they knew of each other for sure, but. Yeah. 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 And like, Aragon is right to be wary. After all of the things he's learned from Brom about, like, the Varden and the Empire and how everybody is going to be vying for his affections. Yeah. But, like, thinking about making that stand after Murtag has already done yeah. so much for them, including <laughs> cooked and fed him dinner. <laughs> yeah. It's a little silly. Just so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun to not have a main character who's like, you saved my life. I owe you forever you know it's like (laughs) "Eh, i might chase him away later (laughs) yeah yeah no Saphira will chase him away later all right yeah (laughs) i found a thing that i personally love doing in writing that 
I think Christopher Paolini is doing. Obviously, I cannot say for sure. (laughs) But at the end of this chapter, their like hiding spot that they find is like a cave inside this huge like sandstone formation. Mm Mm-hmm. Described as, like, a big sandstone formation that curves out of the ground like a big hill, and there are a bunch of them all over the land. And so I was like, that's, like, a pretty interesting geological feature. I'm going to look that up. There's a national park in California called Kings Canyon National Park, and it has, like, these sandstone-like mounds. Oh. Yeah, if you looked up a picture or saw a picture, you'd be like, oh, I get this kind of geological feature. Like, you're like, I've seen this in, you know planet earth or you know something like it's very breathtaking sandstone like hills and they have like pretty extensive cave systems as well and so i was like that's fun i wonder (laughs) where christopher paolini grew up (laughs) oh christopher paolini was born like four hours south of this national park and i was like that's fun i love that that makes sense (laughs) i love you know writing in places into my writing so I was like, I hope that's what it is. I hope he like, he loved this place as a kid and was like, I'm going to put this in my book. (laughs) Yeah, that is cool. I feel like that's probably what he did. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. So that's just a fun thing about the sandstone formations. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And like some of the caves in this park, they can be like miles long. So this one is how long? Pretty big, right? A good hundred feet feet long. long. Yeah, and more than 20 feet wide. So yeah, probably one of those caves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least now we know that Sephira is smaller than 20 feet because she goes into the cave. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually, he says it was 100 feet long and 20 feet wide, but had a small opening. Oh, yeah. So she's probably smaller than 20 feet wide. <laughs> she's definitely smaller than... Tw- I, assume- <laughs> I just meant I assume she could stand up in it. Yes. So she's right. probably not like 20 feet tall yet which i think we had assumed anyway but still yes yeah i keep thinking she's bigger than she is then i just keep imagining like a full-size dragon i think when in fact what size is a full-size dragon that is an excellent question and i think it depends on which (laughs) fantasy land you are in i mean at the shoulder she's taller than aragon right yeah Yeah. that was the last measurement we got yeah she's bigger than a horse Right. Yeah. Which honestly is in a lot. the realm a of lot fantasy of dragons leaves a lot of possibilities. <laughs> a lot yeah. of things are bigger than horses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. One day. One day we'll uh-huh. get another measurement. Someday. Yeah. Paulini, you were so good at giving us exact dates uh. and times and sizes. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm trying to do science on your dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Brom lived through this chapter. Yep. <laughs> so that's good. Uh-huh. Will he survive into the next? <laughs> I don't know that he's going to make it through the next one, you guys. <laughs> yeah. He's not doing great. Hannah she has not, not led me to believe he's going to survive. What? <laughs> yeah, you have not back. been inconspicuous at all. Who, me? <laughs> Unsubtle? <laughs> Never. Never. Me? Uh, you know what an fine. oxbow boon is? I assume it's just a crescent moon, and he's trying to get fancy about it. Okay, that makes sense. Because an also like the fancy word he threw in there at the end. Oh, stymied. Stymied. 
stymied. <laughs> that was such a weird Ab- word to you. Absolutely bamboozled. <laughs> I had to Google it, and even Googling what it meant, I still was like, you definitely just needed a word for this, and you did the thesaurus.com, and you're like, that's a cool word. I mean, I'm, I use I'm, that word all the time. Yeah. A, Do you actually? It's a good word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that word before. <laughs> Oh man, I'm it's a dummy. good one for the it's exact a great word for that exact feeling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the like, perfect word for that situation. Sounds like Sam was stymied by their <laughs> use of. <laughs> oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Uh, oh. But they did go to bed. They did go to bed, which is an important way that you know yeah. the chapter's over. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop telling people good morning and good night, and I'm just going to say good start of chapter and good end of chapter. <laughs> Happy start of chapter. Happy start of chapter, everyone. I uh, uh, started a new job last week, so I don't really know my coworkers yet, and I'm going to start using that as my morning greeting when we go back to the office, because I want everybody I work with to think I'm f***ing weird. <laughs> yeah, you want to start off on a good foot, so make sure... Just like on a foot so wrong, it's a talon in a boot. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Can uh, we talk a little bit about Safira in these chapters? She doesn't have a big role. Yeah. But I, as the Safira apologist, yeah, am reading a lot into what her mental state could possibly be. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You know, why would I just take this book at face value when I can put this dragon up on a pedestal and admire her from down here. Um, (laughs) She must be feeling like so... uh, What's the word? Like, emasculated but for a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Impotent, Uh. I guess. She must be feeling very impotent by the fact that like she got captured because she wasn't able to protect Aragon or whatever in the first chapter and then she like couldn't escape on her own and then as soon as Murtag let her out she was very unhelpfully trying to protect Aragon, and as soon as he wakes up, he's like, stop doing that. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> She's probably just having a real bad time. <laughs> yeah. I wrote in my notes that she is being unhelpfully protective, which I think is a, a good way of summarizing her behavior in this yeah. chapter. She does this all the time, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess it's like when she's feeling particularly unsure of herself or, like, the situation, all yeah. she can do is, like, put herself physically on top of Aragon and be like, I can protect him. Yeah. This is the only thing I know how to do. And we know she can like understand speaking, right? So it's not like Murtag couldn't have explained like, hey, I'm just trying to help or whatever. I'm sure he yeah. did try to talk her down and she was having none of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that when Aragon woke up and told her like, get off me and let this guy help. I'm kind of surprised that she just acquiesced. I would have thought she would have been kind of freaked out and upset and again very unhelpful and possessive i mean she kind of is she like growls at him or whatever yeah she does growl at him and the smoke or no she growls at the Razak, doesn't she well no she growls at murtag twice like when he like presses the bruise oh yes yeah but like even though they've like described dragons as like a sentient race and you know da 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 Mm-hmm. Sophia gets a lot of very like animalistic mm-hmm. tendencies or reactions, you know. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think it's great when there are dragons, or if we got more about the Razak, like these bird beings that are like sentient people. 
but have traits that like correspond really well with whatever their lineages or like uh, in the Becky Chambers sci-fi books there's like a sentient species that are based on lizards and they have all of these like very non-human behaviors that are totally normal in their culture because it's a completely different kind of being with a completely different culture yeah and I think that's really interesting although I don't like in the same vein I don't really like that Sephira is a sentient creature but in these chapters in particular she is treated very much like an animal yeah like she's not really treated like an equal even by Aragon which is kind of off-putting maybe that's why I'm riding so hard for her (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, I feel like you get dragon books where the dragons are still an animal even if they like Maybe mm-hmm. are like smarter than an animal, or they do develop like some sort of bond with their rider, which makes them have more, I don't know, human people ish tendencies. Mm-hmm. And then you get the ones where it's like, no, they're like people sentient all in their own right. And it's just like, well, this one's kind of in the middle sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it wants to be more towards the second one, but he keeps drifting away from it. I don't yeah. know. That's kind of the vibe I got. Yeah. I mean, in some worlds, you can do both. Like, for example, uh, in the uh-huh. Temerar books, <laughs> there are there are dragons that kind of cover the whole range of basically being like a golden retriever with scales and wings all the way up to Temerar himself and some of the other dragons that are like academics. <laughs> so that's fun. Dragons. That's fun. Yeah. There, oh. are, there are some in China, I think, in... The Temerar books, there are like dragons that work at the university and like teach people <laughs> how to do things. It's really cool. It's a good series. The ac- the academic dragons in uh-huh. the fairy tale Mercedes Lackey books <laughs> are called bookworms. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> With a Y. Wow. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Doesn't do that. That's very good. Yeah. I don't know. I uh because I also feel like Safira's reactions, the like quote unquote animal ones, like mm-hmm. you could like I could also picture them like you know a big warrior type person, yeah, just like physically standing over someone to protect them instead of being like, sure, I will use logic. So yeah. like you know, Safira is just a very aggro person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I think we're done talking about <laughs> <Yep>. this book. <laughs> we're off track. <laughs> Always. The next two chapters that we're going to guess what happens next are the two that I can't decide which one Brom dies in. <laughs> because they're called The Legacy of a Rider and Diamond Tomb. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I, I think Brom's going to die in the next one. So then is The Legacy of a Rider, does that mean that Brom was a rider? I don't know. Or maybe it's like Aragon's legacy. Like Brom mm-hmm. gives him like a task to do before dying or something yeah it sounds like it's about brom which means it's probably about like f***ing Rorin or something yeah maybe being the like way some you... of these titles go yeah or it's gonna be like aragon you must continue on what i have done and fight the empire or whatever you know mm-hmm. yeah use the force yeah aragon <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then Diamond Tomb, I think they get trapped in the caves. Ooh. Yeah. I, I had nothing for that. I was just like, oh, does does Brom get a diamond tomb? <laughs> I mean maybe. 
I remember what that is now that you've said it, but before that, I had completely forgotten. Okay. But when you said it, I was like, oh, that thing. Oh, that, <laughs> that thing. That happens. Okay. Yeah, so I was just thinking, for me. <laughs> because caves always have those, like, weird crystals in them. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe, like... Well, and this is inspired by Star Wars, which has so many caves full of crystals. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's inspired by a real place no, it's with Star caves Wars. full of crystals. <laughs> it's about Star Wars? Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, the only caves that have crystals are in Star Wars, is what I've yeah. heard. So, mm-hmm. And in Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> Just because the caves in the Kings Canyon National Park are called the Crystal Caves has nothing to do with mm. it. <laughs> no, that's a coincidence. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, I'd buy it. Anyway... I think we nailed it for whatever yep. we said. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about <laughs> what we're reading. <laughs> what we're reading now, other than Aragon. Yeah, I've been rereading a bunch of Tamora Pierce. I think I've read six Tamora Pierce books since we oh last recorded. Wow. And as I said, it's been a week. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I finished the uh, A Land of the Lioness series, and I'm partway through the dane series and they're still pretty good guys they're still good nice I love them they're so good and then today i also finished daughter of the moon goddess the audiobook i struggled <laughs> it's so long <laughs> it's not that long it feels very long though but the ending was pretty good and i'm gonna read the next one nice but yeah that's what i'm reading slash read cool i guess it's me now isn't it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i finished two books since our last recording uh i finished little thieves by margaret owen which is a ya fantasy and weather girl by rachel lynn solomon which is a contemporary romance and all i have to say is i really really need romance authors to stop relying on the third <laughs> act breakup <Please. laughs> for it's the love so played out. of everything <laughs> oh my god i just I needed to stop. But then I am currently reading, since I'm on a Bridgerton kick, decided to read a historical romance. So I'm reading <laughs> A Lady's Guide to Mischief and Mayhem. And then I also started our April book talk, book talk, midnight book club <laughs> book, because it is April when this is being recorded, but it's not coming out until May, but uh, Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. And then I started today The Voyage of Freydis by Tamora Goronson, which I probably said that very wrong. And it's just a very depressing book. So, oh, oh. yeah, it's like it's about Leif Erikson's sister, Freydis, and it's just kind of a retelling of her life. And uh, it's Dang. really depressing. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, like, it's it's good, and I was hesitant to pick this book up because it has an average rating of 2.88 on Goodreads. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, oh my God. this book was stunning in the bookstores, it's and I so wanted beautiful. to buy it, but then I looked at Goodreads, I was like, oh my God, okay, I'm not risking that. But I was still curious, because I've been on a whole Vikings kick with Vikings Valhalla coming out on Netflix, so I still want to try it. So I'm giving it a read and it's not bad. I think that it just has very low ratings because it is very depressing. Like it is not oh. a happy story. So oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, Hannah, what are you reading? <laughs> cool. Yeah. 
on that note, I haven't made much time for reading recently. Life is busy. So I finished All of Us Villains, which I was listening to last time. Yeah. And it was good. And I will be listening to the second one as soon as that comes out this summer. And I also listened to Tempest Runner by Kevin Scott, which is a Star Wars The High Republic book. That one was exciting because it was written specifically to be performed as an audio drama. And Ooh. you can get the script, but it's like only dialogue. Um, there's no prose in it. And it's like performed with a full cast. So it's really interesting to l- listen to. I don't really care about the character Lorna D, but it was still <laughs> a fun production. Uh, <laughs> and in hard copy books i have barely done anything i started reading gallant by ve schwab um it's her newest release but i'm only like 100 pages into it and i started reading it a week and a half ago so (laughs) that's where i'm at and then this episode is coming out at the end of may so ideally by the time you're hearing this i'll have read (laughs) the city we became by nk jemison yeah yeah which is our midlife book club book for this month (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. This month feels weird to say when it's yep. the beginning of April. <laughs> For this month, we'll be reading The City We Became. So if you're interested in following along with our Midlight Book Club, or if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com and on youtube and for those days when you're doing a particularly boring task at work it was hard to tell if weeks had gone by or only a few minutes (laughs) yeah 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 yeah